Hello and welcome to Making Mediumship the Norm, the podcast. I'm your host, Melissa Espinasi, known as New Zealand's Modern Medium, and I have been very privileged over the years to connect thousands of people to their loved ones in spirit, whether that be through one-on-one readings to my sellout Whispers from Above shows. I'm excited to be able to bring you this podcast where together we are going to be bringing mediumship into the everyday homes, the everyday hearts and everyday conversations. Whether you are here seeking solace after the loss of a loved one, needing guidance on your life's journey, or simply you have a curiosity to explore the mysteries of the universe, the Making Mediumship the Norm podcast is here to support you. My intention with each episode is to help you bridge the gap with life beyond this earth. So without further ado, let's tap into today's episode. Hello everyone, today I'm going to be introducing you to one of my beautiful clients, Louise Davis, who I've had the pleasure of knowing for many, many years. And this is going to be a really touching episode where we're going to be talking about her mom transitioning into the spirit world. Now, what's really interesting and why I've chosen Louise to be interviewed is because I knew her mom. I knew her and her mom and they would come to have readings with me. And I remember a few months ago when I was doing a message using my Whispers from Above cards and Louise commented, mom. And I was like, what? What's happened? Mom? Like, how, how is this? And so it kind of shocked me because it doesn't happen very often, but there are definitely times where people I have known have now transitioned into the spirit world. It just brings a different dynamic to doing readings and connecting with them. And so I really wanted to share Louise's story because it is so empowering and inspiring. And I know that you are going to be really touched by what she has to say. So first of all, a huge welcome to you, Louise. Thank you. It's really exciting to be here. I know that you probably would want to be here on different circumstances. Let's bring it back. How did you kind of first come across me? How did our paths align that uh, we have been a part of each other's lives? So I first came across you when I'm not even sure if I had two of my boys or just one. I know they were really little anyway. We were at Play Centre and one of the mums had mentioned that she had got a reading from you. And so I got your details from her and booked a reading. And after that, I booked my husband for a reading. I booked my mum for a reading. (laughs) I had the whole family. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) and yeah and I've had readings at a few of your different locations when you've moved it's how I know how long people have been with me I always go which house did you come to (laughs) I feel you're an original person someone who's known me from the very beginning so of course I started doing this when I was seven months pregnant with Jack and doing readings at my dining room table and back in 2012. So I feel you've come in from around that time. So it's been an interesting journey. And I feel you've seen me grow. I've seen you grow. And 
I feel for me, when I heard that your mom was in spirit, it was such a shock, such a shock. I remember your mom and her face and her beautiful smile and the kind of energy that she had. So do you mind telling us a little bit about celebrate your mom first and then tell us kind of like what happened? So actually, it's quite funny because we hadn't been for a reading for a long time. And then I noticed my mom was talking about doTERRA oils. And I said, oh, I was asking her about them. And she said, oh, you know, I get them through Melissa. And I was like, what? (laughs) So I know that you had been in touch with my mum quite recently, really, before. Yeah, I think that's why I was so shocked. I was like, yeah, well, to be honest, she did pass away quite suddenly. So the backstory is she had breast cancer. She was first diagnosed with breast cancer. I think it must have been in, oh gosh, 2013. I think she was diagnosed with breast cancer. So she had all her treatment and everything, chemo, a mastectomy. Yeah, so two years before she passed away, it had come back in her bones. And then she had more treatment and everything. And she was doing really well. But then in the August before she passed away, she found out that it had come back in her brain. So she had some tumors in her skull and they said they weren't going to operate because there was too many tumors. And so they would book her in for some radiation to shrink the tumors as much as possible. So then she was booked for some radiation treatment, but one day she just all of a sudden had a big seizure and she was taken to hospital in an ambulance and I had rushed around there to be with her, but she was sort of non, you know, non-responsive. And so she went away in the ambulance and I said to my dad, you go in the ambulance and I'll wait here and then I'll come and pick you up from the hospital when it's time for you to come home because obviously it looked like mum was going to be staying in for a few days. And so my brother came around as well to be with me. Sorry. Okay, let, let it let it be what it needs to be, honey. I'm sure everybody can relate. Anyway, it sort of got to about 10 o'clock or 9.30, 10 o'clock. And I said to my brother, I need to go home and help Troy, my husband, put our boys to bed. So my brother Matt said, okay, that's fine. I'll stay and I'll go and pick dad up. Anyway, I got home and did everything I needed to do. And I text my dad about 10.30, quarter to 11 to say, to see if there was any news and I didn't hear back. And so I just went to bed and then, sorry, this is honestly, this is actually the hardest part of the whole journey for me because this was the biggest shock. At 1.30 in the morning, my husband came down and told me that my dad had been calling, that my phone was on silent and I hadn't woken up. And luckily he had answered his phone and he said, you've got to go to the hospital right now. It was 1.30 in the morning. You've got to go to the hospital right now. Your mum's got double pneumonia, a gallbladder problem, and she's not going to survive 24 hours. And so I just, that was probably the worst, worst shock of my whole entire life, hearing 
those words. So I got up, I could, I could barely even breathe. And I was walking around my house, just concentrating so hard on breathing. And because I'm a homeopath, I was gathering remedies, pneumonia remedies to take to the hospital because I thought of just, if there's a chance that I can do anything to help my mum, then I'm going to. So I said to my husband, call my brother and please call my brother and tell him to pick me up. And so my brother came and picked me up and we got to the hospital literally just in time because there was restrictions at this time and nobody was allowed in but we were allowed in because it was in the emergency department but once she went to a ward or a a room we wouldn't have been allowed to be in there and so basically when my brother and I got to the hospital my dad and the doctor and the nurse were wheeling my mum into the room so we literally walked behind them and I just... I just remember my dad's face just he turned around and said oh thank god you guys made it and then that was just the most horrible night and I didn't know what to do with myself and I just thought so what do we do now this is it we just we just sit here and wait for her to die because they said she's not going to get better and so it's interesting what grief can do to you on a physical level because I felt physically nauseous I was running to the bathroom I actually had to get the doctor to give me some anti-nausea tablets because I I was so physically ill from seeing my mum like that and from the shock and then somehow my mum pulled through that night and the doctor came in and they couldn't believe that she was actually getting better not worse and they said the next 24 hours or so would be quite critical they said what she had been in was what they call a red zone and then she was moving to an orange zone and then if she moved to the green zone they would put her in a ward And so she was in the short stay place at this point. And so she was either, while she was in the orange zone, she was either going to go back to red or keep improving and and go to green. And so, of course, I was just praying so much that she would be moved to a ward because this is the other hardest thing is my children who are so close to her couldn't go and visit her while she was in that particular area. And so my 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 biggest wish was that she would pull through at least enough to move to a ward so that my children could see her and all of her grandchildren could see her one last time. And so she did. She got, I would say, she got to 80% better, not still not quite herself, but she did manage to move to a ward and then she did manage to come home. And so... If that was the one thing that I prayed for, if that was the one miracle that I asked for, then I definitely got that. So everybody could see her again. And then in the weeks after that, she had her radiation treatment, but she was just never the same. And she she just kept going downhill until eventually she got checked into Auckland Hospital. And then we realized that she wasn't she wasn't going to get any better. And even when we thought we were going to be bringing her home, she was going to be bed bound, really. And I know my mum wouldn't have wanted that. 
And then on the day that we thought we might be looking at bringing her home is the day that we, my dad got to the hospital and her body was shutting down at that point. And then she passed away at 6am the next morning. I think I, I speak for everybody when, when we say the tears are hard to hold back listening to that. And I feel these are very real emotions. This is what, this is what happens for, for those of us who get the opportunity to see our loved ones passing, because it doesn't always, we don't always get that opportunity. I feel you brought the the physical aspects of grief. You know, the body is going through the trauma as it's starting to understand, okay, we're not going to have this person here. I love how you had your miracle answered and just showing the power of prayer and the power of intention, bringing your mom home so that the family could see her. There are just so many things in, in the story. And my heart absolutely goes out to you and your family because I personally knew your mom. So it's a very different aspect as a medium. As I've said, a lot of the time, I don't know the people I'm connecting to. They're, they're your people. I don't have an emotional connection or attachment to them. But when it is people that I do know and they're now in spirit, it's a very different ball game. And it's very hard to not have those emotions of wanting to also be sad. We also have those emotions. So... I just wanted to also mention, so I wasn't actually in the room when my mum passed away. What happened was my nana, my brother and I went up to the hospital. We met my dad up there and we stayed till about 9.30 and my dad said to us, we don't know how long she's still going to be with us. It could be hours, it could be days, we just don't know. So if you want to go home, you guys go home and know that if she passes away while you're not here, then just be assured that she chose it that way and don't feel guilty that you weren't here. So my brother and I and my nana decided to go home and I still had a bit of trauma from the middle of the night phone call on, you know, those, I think it was four weeks earlier. So I had a little bit of trouble going to sleep, but then I woke up and I had a dream that my phone had rung and that it was a friend of mine telling me that my mum had passed away. And I got up and I was so angry. This is in my dream. I got up, I was so angry that, that it was the friend telling me. And I went out into the lounge and I saw on the couch, my husband was sitting there with a glass of champagne and he just had this most beautiful, peaceful look on his face and this peaceful energy just washed over me. And I thought, it's okay. And the champagne, there's a little bit of a backstory about that too, because two days before she had the, the first seizure, my mum had come over with a gift bag for me and she'd given one to my brother as well. And it had a bowl of champagne, a candle and some chocolates. And my bowl of champagne was still in the box from that gift bag. And Anyway, in the morning, my dad, he called me just after I woke up and, and I answered the phone. I said, I've been expecting you. And he told me mum had just passed away. I said, yeah, I know. I had a dream and it's okay. And oh, sorry, my brother came to pick me up again to go to the hospital. And he said to me, I was just before dad called, I was having this dream that mum was sitting in the hospital bed. And because my brother had taken my mum to her radiation 
appointment in Auckland Hospital and it had to push her in a wheelchair. And he said, in his dream, she got up out of her chair and she was walking and she said, and, and my brother said she looked the youngest and happiest he'd ever seen her. And she said to him, look, I can even run. And she started running. So that was so comforting to have those experiences and to know that mum was sending us a message to say she was okay. And I feel I want to bring in from a medium point of view, how intelligent your mum is as a spirit to be able to get that message, not only to you, but also to your brother and that you're as a family open to mediumship and the phenomena of the afterlife and what beautiful comfort it probably was also for your mom to know that her children are going to be able to welcome her in this new dimension with an open heart and an open mind to how she's going to communicate. So I really do believe that your dad is right when he said, you know, if you're not there, that's how your mom would have chosen. There are many people that don't want you to be there when they take their last breath. They don't yes. want images to be in your mind. And also, I believe that our loved ones do send us, if it is in the middle of the night or, you know, throughout the day or whatever it could be, that they do send us those messages of, I've made it. I've yeah. made it to the other side all is well. And and often that happens in those dreams or it is just a, a feeling that people get. So thank you for sharing that and letting us know that she had communicated with you from the very beginning. And, yes. And, and she, that's so beautiful. She has sent us so many signs. And actually, even in the days after she passed away, I can't remember what my brother and his wife, they'd ordered a package and the package had arrived and my sister-in-law pulled the card out and it said, packed by Cara. And Cara is my mum's name. Oh, beautiful. And I thought, gosh, that's so beautiful. And I feel like the sign that my mum sends to me is a rainbow. And I would see rainbows, well, obviously in the sky. But I remember one day, a few days after my mum passed away, I'd gone and had a little picnic dinner with some friends up at a park near my house. And I was talking about my mum and I was saying, my mum sends me rainbows as a sign. And then we got up to walk away and you know, those little painted rock that people paint and hide around. One just caught my eye and I picked it up and it was a rainbow on the rock. And I said to my friends, see, <laughs> see, here's my mum sending me a rainbow. I love that. And you know, those are the kinds of examples as well that just plant the seeds for people who maybe have an experience having a loved one transition to spirit or those that doubt communication with the other side. This podcast is making mediumship the norm, which is my mission in helping us to have these conversations because I don't ever want anybody to grieve on their own, which often happens. That might not necessarily be your story. I feel you've been quite well supported, but there are definitely people who aren't open to the spirit world. And so I want to make sure that we are bringing mediumship to the forefront of society so that our loved ones don't have to be the white elephant in the room anymore. 
So before we explore more questions that I have for you, I really want you to just tell us how has your mom impacted your life? Like why was she such a instrumental person in your life? Oh, (laughs) well, gosh, my mom was just, my mom was my person that I could always call on. She would always be there for me when I needed her. She was such an amazing nana to my children. She was the most special person in my life that always had my back, always looked after me, always looked after my kids. And I'm as much as I was devastated for me, I was sort of even more devastated for my kids because she was just so special to them and she loved them so much and she would never say no to them <laughs> which sometimes <As> grandmothers <laughs> too right oh my god sometimes used to annoy me <laughs> <laughs> but her legacy is a legacy of love because she she loved her family she always made sure that we all stuck together she would organize family dinners and basically my mum was the glue that held everybody together in our family so it's just the most enormous loss and we've all felt that yeah and that can be often the hardest part when someone is the glue and they're no longer physically here it's kind of like well what do we do now yeah like who do we turn to now and so I want to ask you when your mom first passed how did you support yourself through the grieving journey because I know that in some ways maybe you prepared yourself for it and knowing that mum was unwell or or not but what are some things that you did to help you navigate this journey what i did i mean i'm a homeopath so i obviously have homeopathic remedies and i take those i was taking those a lot but i also i sought out i have a homeopath that i see so i saw her there are acute grief remedies, but which are good, but you just need that person that is removed from the situation. Then describe it as we need to sit in the chair as well. Yeah. So I'm a medium right. and I can talk to people on the other side. I love people reading for me. Yes. And so sometimes I can I can understand like when you say you needed to go to like somebody else. Oh yes, totally. Totally needed to go to somebody else. And I feel like I have a sort of team (laughs) of people that I call on that I've called on for a long time. So I have my homeopath, I have my naturopath and my tarot school teacher. She's also a transformational coach. So I had a couple of coaching sessions with her. I had remedies, I had coaching, I had support from my naturopath. She does kinesiology as well as making sure that physically I was looking after myself, vitamin B and I can't remember all of the things that I was taking, but I was making sure that I looked after myself on every level and also clearing my schedule so that I wasn't too busy. And then I I did find that when I had to be busy, while I was busy, I felt okay, but the, the grief sort of banked up. 
so that when I wasn't busy, it it wasn't that the grief wasn't there. It was just waiting for me to have the space to allow it. And then, so I noticed that if I made myself really busy, then that made my grieving process harder because then it was a, a massive sort of backlog of grieving that I had to do after, you know, when I had the space for it. That's a really good point that you make and that there is no timeline to grief. And I've been doing this a long time. There are people that don't deal with grief for like 20 years and then it's like opens up and then there are people that deal with their grief straight away. And I love how you say like it banked up and how it was really important for you to create space. So I I feel that's a really important message to anybody listening and currently dealing with grief is that keeping busy doesn't make it go away. No, it waits for you. (laughs) Yeah, it definitely waits for you. And also, I, I did do a lot to support myself. But I also want to say that it is different for everybody. The grief process is different for everybody. And you you also can't, while the grief banks up while you are busy, you also can't put self-care in the bank either. You have to just go with the flow of your grief. You can't say, I'm going to cry for half an hour today and then I'm going to be fine for the rest of the day. It doesn't work like that. because I know this because I tried that too. <laughs> so... Another thing that happened uh, going back to the physicality of grief is a lot of my hair started falling out. Oh. Yeah. So just the stress and the shock. And it's not like if you do a lot of good self-care, then you're, you're never going to experience other side effects of grief. It still can happen. And for me, that was an indication that, okay, I'm going to see my homeopath again and have a session with her and, and get my body back in balance. And yeah, I, th- I feel like it's it's actually really important to have somebody removed from the situation to support you through your grief because they can offer another perspective as well as just listen without judgment. Yeah. Yeah. And that's really important. Often we can't lean on our family and friends because they don't know what to say. They, they're like so afraid to set us off and like they don't want to see us crying or being upset. And that's why a lot of people grieve on their own because people then seem to like isolate themselves from you because they just don't know what to say to support you. And that's why whatever kind of expert you choose is there in that non-emotionally attached state. And so they are able to bring you those different perspectives or get you to look at things from a different point of view or or hold you in a way that your family and friends can't because often they're dealing with their grief of it as well. Exactly right. And when this is the other thing I noticed when I also had to hold the space for my children's grief, that put my grief on the back burner. So it's all of this and you just have to navigate it the best that you can. And because your children need you, they still needed me and I still needed my time to grieve aside from them. It's challenging. There is no, we wish there was a straightforward way of saying do this and it's all gone and everything's going to be, you know, magically cured and all the things, but it's not. And I feel like, you know, having been a medium for, which feels more than just this lifetime for lifetimes, 
I can say that even when you feel that you have managed your grief or that you're in a place of acceptance that your loved ones are in spirit, there can just be that one thing that happens and boom, it sets you. 100%. (laughs) Yes. And it's especially hard when there's a special occasion like Mother's Day. We just had, not that it's especially hard, it's just, it's a focal point, I think. And actually, to be honest, I feel like it's important to live your normal everyday life. But it's also important that if you have these focal points that you can go, okay, this is, I'm dedicating this amount of time to remembering mum, honoring mum, and expressing some more grief, even when I thought I had no more tears to cry. There are yeah. always tears always. Still available. I <laughs> I know this. I've been navigating grief with my uncle Alan. I have talked about my uncle Alan on a previous episode. So go to that episode if you want to know what I'm talking about. Those of you just tuning in today. And it's been over 20 years. And boom, I, I still cry. You know, it's yeah. like I said, there is no timeline to grief. So it's one day at a time, birthdays, the anniversary of passing, Christmas, all of those things. And depending who the loved one in spirit is, you know, Mother's Day, Father's Day, all of that kind of stuff, being prepared as well so yes. that you, you can go, okay, I know this is going to be a challenging day. I'm going to give myself the grace to, you know, yes. navigate whatever feelings come up and you never get over it. I really get so frustrated when people say, oh, it's been two years. Shouldn't you be over it by now? It's like, how can you ever be over it? No, because time stands still in a way. Mm-hmm. When I think it's been over a year, so it's coming up 18 months. To be honest, I can't even think exactly how long, but before it had been a year, I could have told you exactly how many months had gone by. So as time goes on, the grip of grief releases a little bit. And so, whereas in the beginning, I would cry every day, then it would become less and less in that physical, because it's sort of a physical pain to grief as well. Like it feels, well, this is how it felt for me. Like it had me in its clutches and sometimes it would take my breath away. So now I feel I've moved past that point and now to have those focal points, Mother's Day, her birthday and the day of her passing, Christmas Day, my birth, you know, those are my times. And there are other times in between as well. Like a song will come on or you'll just be walking through the supermarket and you'll think of something and then and people will say to me like my husband bless him will say what's wrong and I'll just be like just the same the same as yesterday the same as every other day yeah Yeah. and this is why I'm really passionate about what I do in, in bringing mediumship to the forefront because a lot of the time as I've said people don't know what questions to ask they don't know what to say and they love us and they want to help us through what we're what we're navigating but as a society especially I want to say like are we eastern or western or what are we I'm like what kind of society are we I don't know I can't remember I get so confused but anyway I think we're western Western (laughs) society I'm like yeah I think we are right oh my gosh as a western society especially the afterlife is such a taboo kind of subject 
it's been, you know, deemed by religion as something that is evil to do if you're communicating with the other side and so on and so forth. I know I've heard them all. This is my job. So, you know, (laughs) I've heard every name under the sun I can be called. And so, you know, in other societies, whether it be like in Hinduism or we have this honoring of the dead, you know, they honor. And if you think of the day of the dead for like the Spanish kind of culture, and there are other societies out there that really honor and cherish celebrating the life of those on the other side. But as a Western society, we often haven't been given the skills because it's been such a frowned upon topic. And so this is why grief often tends to take over, I want to say longer than it potentially needs to, because we don't know how to support each other through it. Yes. And we tend to suppress it because we don't know how to deal with those emotions. Yeah. So the question I want to ask you, honey, is how has the loss of your mother influenced your perspective on life? Has it changed in any way? Yeah. So I feel like life is actually meant to be lived. And in a way, it's sort of given me a bit more courage to just go and live the life that suits me and not to worry about what anybody else thinks. Yeah. And just to, not that I'm planning to do anything outrageous. (laughs) Well, and if you do, it's okay. Not yet, anyway. (laughs) No jumping out of planes planned today. No, definitely not that. (laughs) But I just, I feel like life is so short and life is actually such a blessing. It's, It's actually a real honor to be here in a body. So we have to make the most of it. And I mean that not in a self-serving way, but we have to take every opportunity that we feel is good for us and and good for our family so that we can really honour the legacy that our loved ones have left behind. Your mum would be so proud. Well, yeah. I do, I've connected with your mum. So yes, I do know she's very proud. But I want to, now that we're kind of like talking about mum, right? What is your relationship like now with her being in spirit? Can you share what you do to connect with her? How you know it's her? You can share even if you want about the reading you had with me, if that's interesting, you know, like whatever you feel would benefit those that are kind of like, well, how do I connect with my person? Like, how do I know it's them? Because I know it's different from me being a medium. So Mm. what's it like for you saying like not necessarily working as a medium? I'm like, I don't even know how I want to ask that. (laughs) So one of the things I do to connect with my mom is because I'm a dreamer, I dream a lot, very vividly. I will, before I go to sleep at night, I'll ask my mom to come and visit me in a dream. And most of the time she will, especially she will if I really need her to but if I'm just like oh just you know it'd be cool to have a visit you know she doesn't always come if I but if I'm in that space where I'm just like I just really need you to come and visit me mum then I will have quite often just the most beautiful experience in a dream of her and also my husband's father passed away five months after my mum so often I'll have both of them together in my dream and I'll wake up just with the most beautiful, peaceful, 
comforting feeling that I just try and hold with me through the day. Other ways that I feel she connects with me are are through signs, like if I see a rainbow on, even like a, a rainbow light on a wall or a picture of a rainbow, I always acknowledge that that's a sign from mum. And because usually the signs come when I'm doing something that, or if I'm sort of not too sure of what I'm doing and then I'll do something and then I'll see the sign I'll go okay that's mum and she's like yeah this is good I'm on board with this or whatever so yeah signs and feathers and I do look for signs and I'll ask for signs but yeah mainly the dreams is the the dreams and the rainbows are the two big ones that I use to connect with my mum and sometimes I'll just sit if I've got a peaceful moment I'll just sit and ask my mum to be with me and just connect with her and just feel her warmth around me. I'll wear her jewellery or I've got some of her clothes. So I'll put her cardigan on or something just to feel close to her. Mm, That's so beautiful. And are you using your Whispers from Above cards and pulling out? Yes, yes, I definitely use my whispers from above cards. And also the other thing is I had that reading with you. So that was really lovely to connect with her and and get a message from her. And I came to the morning tea as well. For those who are like, what's the morning tea? That's my mediumship morning tea that I host at my house. Yes, and it was a beautiful way to also just connect with others that are in the same place as you. So it's nice to have a reading from somebody else because although I'd love to learn to do this myself, actually, sometimes I'm not sure if the message I'm getting is, am I influencing this in my mind? Is this what I want to hear? And so that's what I'm hearing. (laughs) Exactly. So that's normal for being that way, by the way. (laughs) But that's why I think it's nice to have a reading from you because you're giving the message and then I'm not the one translating it in my own, (laughs) through my own lens. Yeah. And I have to say doing your reading was, was hard. It's, you know, it's one of the hardest readings to kind of do when I know the person on the other side, because then it is kind of like, well, I know the person. So how do I prove it's them? Like how, (laughs) like, how do I say something that's going to prove that it's them and not because I know it's them. And (laughs) so readings like that are really challenging and I have to fully trust my craft and all the things that I've learned to really take myself out of it and literally just be the vessel to to pass on the message. So I feel it was such an honor, but also I was really sad that I had to be in this position and pass on a message from your mom because I loved your mom. She was so cool. And I want to say like, just such a spunk about her, you know, like she wasn't your typical kind of mom. (laughs) (laughs) yeah I agree so she was really such a beautiful soul on this earth and I feel she must have well I know not she must have like I know she touched not only your family but also such a wider community so and she now gets to influence 
the world with yes. this podcast episode. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? Her legacy is in her life and through you, she now gets to bless thousands and thousands of people's lives. And I want you to just share what your mom's passing has ignited inside of you in terms of your purpose and this, the work that you're now doing and the mission it has changed. So it's funny because I keep thinking back to, was probably about maybe a couple of months before she passed away. And I was sitting at her house and I was learning tarot and I, I still am. But she asked me, do I speak to spirits through the tarot? And I was thinking, that's a really random and weird question for my mum to be asking me. And I was like, oh, not really. I, that's not really what I use the tarot for. And anyway, after she passed away, I did give up learning tarot for a while. And then I don't know if you've ever done those Wordle quizzes on the New York Times website. No, but I'm, I'm terrible with, I like Sudokus. Okay. Those word so, things, I'm, I'm terrible with words. Here's another way my mum speaks to me is through the Wordle. <laughs> if that's my mum in spirit, though, she's not, I'd be like, please do not speak to me in like Wordle. <laughs> I'm not going to get those words, mum. Okay? No, not. <laughs> but I'm so glad so, that that works for you. <laughs> actually, it wasn't the Wordle. It was a, a Wordle-like puzzle. It was Quirtle. So for the Wordle, there's one word. For the Quirtle, there's four. And one of the words was tarot. And I was thinking, I'm like, okay. So I obviously know my mum speaks to me through these words because I've had quite a few before. And so I'm thinking, obviously, this is my mum telling me to do tarot. So I get back into the tarot and I feel like my mum is the one guiding me to do this. And when I think back to that conversation, do you speak to spirits through tarot? She consciously didn't even know what she was asking at that time but now I realize this was going to be part of our connection and so so I had given up the tarot and then I came back to the tarot and I really love using tarot to guide people and to help people connect with who they truly are and become more of who they are and of course with my homeopathy and my healing as well so I feel like my mum's working through me to giving me these gentle nudges to do this so amazing <laughs> to see your journey unfold and you being such a incredible light worker in this world and I'm so proud of you and I'm excited that your mum also gets to be a part of all the healings and all the readings that you get to do and that she was very clever planting that seed for you and I don't think it was necessarily unconsciously that she did that but probably like her soul saying hey you know when I'm not Definitely. here this is how we're going to be able to like jam together yes. I love that so much yes I love that too I want to ask you, honey, one last thing. And what would be your words of wisdom or things that you would recommend people do if they are in the process of dealing with a parent transitioning to spirit or currently dealing with the grief of having a parent 
in the spirit world, what would you want to say to them? This is your moment. I would say, give yourself all the space that you need to allow your process to unfold exactly as it is. And you don't need to try and make it any different. You can allow all the feelings that you have about it to flow and seek help. Get some help for your physical, emotional, and your spiritual journey because this is, it isn't just their journey. This is your journey as well. And this is what you're going through now as an integration process of how you're going to navigate life from this moment forward. And it's not easy. So if you can seek out people that have been where you are now to help light the way for you, then that's going to really help you. And I think the biggest thing is the time and space. It is just a process that's going to unfold and you're not going to feel those awful initial feelings forever. You are going to feel some space around it eventually. Yeah, thank you so much. I want to say it has been a delight having you on the podcast. I know I wish that I didn't have to have you on the podcast and that mum was here, but I thank you so much for sharing your story so vulnerably and openly with us and really being part of making mediumship the norm. And I know that we will have many more experiences together and connecting with your mum. But I'm going to let you see us off by saying something to your mum that you wish her to know or hear or whatever you feel in this moment. So I'm going to say thank you for for being here. And I'm going to say thank you to your mum. This is a real gift. And how do we see her off now? I just want to say thank you to my mum. Thank you, mum, for being the best mum for being the mum that I needed, for being the best manner to my children. We all love you and miss you terribly, but we honour where you are in your journey. And we respect that your time in the physical realm had to come to an end. And now we just love you where you are now. And we love having signs from you and connecting to you in dreams and So thank you for still being with us, even though we can't see you. Love you, mum. Thank you for joining me for today's episode. I want to express my utmost gratitude for having you joining me on this journey in making mediumship the norm. As we together continue to explore the depths of the spiritual realm, I ask if you could please leave a five-star review for the podcast. Your feedback and your ratings not only brighten up my day, but they also help others to discover the podcast so we can truly bring mediumship into the everyday homes and conversations. And if you're ready to dive in deeper and want to work with me and see what possibilities await you, I encourage you to book in a reading with me or to check out the Soul Love Academy. Thank you so much for being part of this incredible journey in making mediumship the norm. I can't wait to connect with you in the next episode. Until then, remember that you are a gift to the world. Together we awaken, together we align, and together we ascend. Love always, Melissa Espinasi. Mwah!